How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Devin the Bear. To get right into it, me and Zach were able to attend our first live um, event together <laughs> as we started the podcast. And so we were, yeah, we was uh, we had been to some before, but this is one that we finally got to see. It was Fury Forty Six? Lots of great fights. Very exciting, cool atmosphere just to be in there, hanging out with those guys. Uh, to start off, we saw Al- Alec Reeves, Alec Williams, Alec. Uh, tapped out. Alex Black with a rear naked choke, uh, which he is six and two now. Five of those wins, including on Alex Black, were are by rear naked choke. Yeah. So maybe he's got a move yeah, that he likes to go for. He's got something go-to. going for him, right? Yeah. Uh, but it was definitely really cool being there. Um, sucks to see Alec, Alex Black lose. Cool to see Alec Williams looking really good. Um, other fighters that kind of do something like that, you got Michael Chiesa. He was known for his rear naked choke for a long time. Yep. Kevin Lee, even at one point, was known for his rear naked choke. Yeah, so not a bad thing, uh, but it was definitely cool to be there at 40, Fury 46 um, at the Houston Bayou Event Center. So, uh, a lot of uh, Houston coaches and Houston Houston fighters were in attendance. It was really cool to see them. Um, a, a lot of the... Uh, Metro crowd was there. Metro Fight Club crowd, they were there. They had a lot of guys fight on the prelims. They had uh, Colton England. He won by decision. They had Michael Aswell. He won his fight. Um, but moving forward with it, you had the Juan Adams and Jeremy Hardy fight. It's one of his first fights since he's gotten out of the UFC. Yeah. And he, this is also, uh, they were filming a Looking for the Fight episode. You know, they had Dean Thomas, Matt Terrio, Dana White was there, uh, Derek Lewis was there, and so has Benil Dariush. Super cool to see those guys yeah. there, though. And so, this is one of Adam's first fights since he's gotten since he was uh, released from the UFC. And it was and, right in front of Dana. Yeah, right in front of Dana, and he went out there and he just he just beat up on uh, Jeremy Hardy, which yeah. we didn't really know how it was gonna go. Uh, you know, going into that, Jeremy Hardy's he's a good fighter. You know, and he's, he's very just, big, very strong, very aggressive. He's lean. Um, like we had said, he's a lot like like Greg Hardy. Uh, so it was gonna be kind of a, a big test for Juan Adams, especially in mm-hmm. front of Dana, to show that maybe he shouldn't have been cut maybe yeah um but jeremy hardy did tear his acl in that fight but uh juan adams jumped on it and he, he beat him up for it. he beat him up on it yeah so good fight by juan adams good good job recognizing that now's the time to do it and in, in in the fight yeah um he got the win and then we had jacob silva fight uh rashad robinson yeah it was a hell of a fight for jacob silva uh, first round was all stand up. Had a couple wheel kicks. Yeah. Had lots of punches. Lots of heavy strikes by both fighters. Um, both of them looked really good. Uh, but obviously Jacob Silva looked much better on the stand up. Yeah, for he was sure. Just faster. Um, he did take a couple shots in that first round, but the way they ended it, like you know, Jacob's winning this fight. Yeah. Uh, he dropped him right before the bell rang i thought he was out i did too yeah i was like whenever the, the ref stepped in i guess it was more just to stop like the fight be like go to your corners yeah and when rashad got up um he just got up really really slow and it's like man he's got to recover fast if yeah. he's gonna go in there because jacob silva is a fucking animal dude like he little animal yeah he really is i mean he's fast he's powerful i mean he just he's able to do all these things well i mean you go to the ground with the guy the guy's gonna submit you he's gonna yeah. go for something and that that's what i was saying in the first round it did go to the ground for a little bit but mm. rashad was able to get back up pretty quickly yeah but i was like oh if this goes to the ground like that's jacob's fight right there which from the fights i had seen rashad Rob- robinson um 
he did look better. Like his footwork looked a little better. He was throwing better yeah. punches than I expected. He was very loose, looking very yeah, relaxed. He looked he looked more a lot more comfortable. I think probably some of the fights I had seen of him, it was probably in earlier in his career. Yeah. And so uh, he looked good, but Jacob Silva was out there to prove a point. You yeah, know? the second first round was all striking. The second round was all grappling. Yeah. Um, there was there was a lot of striking that did happen. Uh, Rashad Rashad Robbins actually caught him with an elbow. Yeah. Uh, opened up Jacob Silva right over his eyebrow. Um, the second uh, Rashad Evans, I keep wanting to call him Rashad Evans. Rashad <laughs> Robinson, uh, he he slipped and Jacob was all over it. He got the uh, he got the um, Back him out real fast. The yeah. transition was real fast. Yeah. Uh, and the second he slept on the rear naked, it was like, okay, that's it. And yeah. And he ended, got, the, got the tap pretty quickly. When he uh, never Rashad went to the ground. And what was crazy about that elbow, too, is you saw Jacob just eat that shit. And he just, like, you saw him just kind of focus in more. And it seemed like it almost just woke him up, if anything. You know, he's already yeah. focused going in. But the second that elbow landed, it just seemed like he was just in the zone. It was like, okay, like, I see what you're doing now. And then after, he just went for the kill. I mean, the yeah. fight wasn't stopped much, much long after. But... He dropped uh, Rashad again, and when Rashad went to the ground, I mean, if the ref would have stopped it right there, it probably would have been a little early, but, I mean, he just flattened out when he went to the ground. Yeah. You know, and after that, um, Jacob just went in for the kill, got that back real quick, got that choking tight, and that was the end of that fight. But it was just a so great the way, performance. The way he took the back, it reminded me of when yeah. Brock Lesnar was uh, transitioning around uh, Randy Couture. Yeah. It was just so fast. It was yeah. really cool. Um the one fight that we were really excited about uh, that got canceled was Josh Altum. Um, Rowling pulled out of the fight, and then he did have a last-minute replacement, but I'm, it didn't come through. It was supposed to happen uh, after the main card, but it didn't happen. Josh Altum didn't get to fight, so no super glue. Um, that's pretty unfortunate. I was really excited to see him fight. Um, and then we had Cameron Graves and uh, Padilla fight. Fernando Padilla and mm-hmm. Padilla put it on him yep. and won the belt. Yep. He put it on him the whole fight. Uh, did it make it the second round? Made it the second round. It made it to, like it was like early second round when the fight yeah. got stopped. And he, and he started throwing punches and yeah. knees and just his length was just way too much for Cameron. And Graves. it's weird because you see the way that Fernando stands, he stands very tight, but he fights long. And so it's just so when he's hitting him with these punches, he's just getting him good every single time. Like yeah. he was landing nice for him to cover that distance and throw those elbows in from the distance he was at. It was like, man, like he can just telegraph like, like, okay, if I step in this much, I can land that shot. And, um, it was just his fight that entire, from the second that bell rang until the fight got stopped, it was yeah. his fight. So he's the new Fury middleweight champion as well. And that would all happen. And, I mean, he put on a great performance in front of the people you want to do in front of, you know. Yeah. And uh, he talked about that he had fought in front of Dan White before. And uh, he did say, he's like, it was a while back. You know, I was a kid whenever I fought, fought in front of him. He's a grown man. He's like, now, he, now he's a man. He's got, hey. his, he's got he put his, he picked his britches up and got to work, you know. So uh, it was definitely great to see that happen. Then um, another guy that I was super excited for, because I had seen him, his last fight was – Mana Martinez, and he took on Johnson. I'm, I'm, not, I'm kind of blanking on his first name, but um, Jose Johnson. Yeah, that's right. And he took on Jose Johnson. But uh, Mana Martinez is a guy. I mean, if you want to keep up with regional guys that are gonna be something, that guy is gonna be something big in the to UFC. Mana? Uh, yeah. Well, he's not regional anymore. No, he's not. Now he, he got signed to the UFC that night. Yeah. Uh, so really cool for him. Very excited for him. He's definitely yeah. gonna be fun to watch. Um, I'm very curious to see what happens when he fights a high-level grappler who can get out of the way of those shots. Yeah. Um, he, he's one of the Metro Fight Club guys, so you know he's good. You know he's taken care of in all aspects of the yeah. fight. But um, I remember you watching, do want to see him get tested just to know what he's what, 
what kind of stuff he can yeah. do. Yeah, and I'm sure he has great ground game. Um, I mean, uh, Adrian Yanez has a really good ground. He just doesn't yep. ever see because he's always knocking these guys out. Yeah. Jacob and it's Silva, the same thing with Mana. Yeah, yeah, he's, I'm sure it's the exact same thing. And with Jacob Silva, he has great jujitsu. He just don't ever. See. I mean, we saw it, but most of these fights that he gets in, he's ready for these wars. Yeah, they all these guys have great stand up. When it goes to the ground, they're ready for it. And but Mana knocked out Jose Johnson in about 30 seconds. Yeah. It so fast. it was really fast. Just hit, hit a nice check left hook right on the chin, and he folded him, went in for the kill. I mean, you can't ask for a better performance like that, you know? I mean, I think it's a little better than Fernando's in that sense. I know I just said that, but, I mean, you want to get in and get out and be like, see, this is what I'm doing to these guys. Imagine what I do yeah. to your, your your fighters, you know? And I think, I think Mano's going to make a big splash whenever he debuts in the UFC. I mean, he can debut soon, honestly, because he just yeah. – I mean, he didn't really take any damage in that fight. Well, I remember watching him walk to the ring though. It's like, how do you make 135? Like he's you, a big dude. he is a big guy for 135. But if he's able to do it, man, he's young, 25. So he's got, he's definitely gonna have a lot to prove. But I mean, at the same time, though, he just, I think he's gonna be able to prove it though. Yeah, you know? well, I'm, I'm very happy for him. I think he, he definitely earned it with that fight. Um, I hope, I hope uh, Jacob gets, gets a message his way from Dana because I, I think he's earned it. Yeah. Um. He he's got some losses as his first win, uh, but you got to think with a guy who's shown that he can do it all. Yeah, he's gonna earn it at one point. Yeah, I mean he's 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 gonna earn it for sure. Considering that those two uh, losses, even then, were on the contender series, two of yeah. those three losses were on the contender series, and even still, Dana White was still impressed with them. Yeah, and so um, I mean he also he also had a great war with CJ Vergara. That was a really fun fight to watch. Both those guys. I mean, CJ Vergara is very athletic, very yeah. fast, very powerful. Yeah, I mean, and he's a big guy too, and he's yeah. just he's a stocky guy. Stocky. He, you know, he's very stocky and thick boy. Yeah, he is. He's thick with two C's, bro. Like he comes in and he don't play no shit, and he. Uh, he fucking he actually just he's gonna be fighting on the contender series in September. Yeah. So it's gonna be exciting to see what CJ does as well. But I'm sure Jacob's up next. I mean, you can't deny him at some point. I mean, he look what he's doing to these guys. You're putting him up against, you know. So. so yeah. yeah. With the main event, we had Anthony Ivy fight uh, Nikolai Veritinikov, uh for the title, and Veritinikov went and put it on him. Yeah. And got the finish. Yeah. Really quick. And it was it was funny. I told Zach I was like every time I see a last name like that. I always think that Nikolai was going to be a wrestler, but right off the bat, I mean, Anthony was going for that takedown and it's like, and he was just, he wasn't getting it. He was getting, um, he was getting stuffed every single time. And it's like, man, like, what's he going to do? Anthony Ivy fought in the UFC. That's why his name probably sounds familiar to everybody as well. And, but yeah, Nikolai just, he put it on him quick. I mean, he hit him with leading up to it. He was just stuffing those takedowns, landing the better shots. Then he lands this nice knee right on the like just yeah. pretty much right on was like right under the chin more on the throat. You yeah, know? it was rough. It was a really tough knee. I'm sure I definitely could not have taken a knee like that to the throat. I'd be freaking out like fuck, dude. That's how I breathe. Like, <laughs> but um, I mean Anthony just like he crumbled right after. Uh, he didn't crumble. He tried to keep his composure. And yeah. He got, he got hit with another knee right to the face, and, and then after that, him. that was that's what dropped him. And then Nikolai went in for the kill on that one. But just a lot of really fun fights, man. I mean, you yeah, always want to see. There's only a couple decisions, and yeah. they were exciting fights. Yeah. Um, they got the boom box. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. But it was really cool. It was, it was really cool getting to see everybody there. Um, it was very cool seeing Dana and Matt Sarah and Derek Lewis and Benil Dariush and a couple other fighters who stuck around after yeah. Saturday. Um, moving on to the results of UFC 262. Had a lot of crazy fights happen there too. Yeah, a lot of crazy finishes. Uh, you had Andrea Lee. She tapped out 
um, Antonina Shevchenko. Yep, triangle armbar. Man, was yeah. I wrong? I was like, oh, I think Antonina takes her down, gets the win. Uh, no, Andrew Lee, you take, <laughs> take her down. She puts you in a triangle, gets you gets gets you a triangle armbar. Yeah, she cranked that arm. Yeah, it was rough. It was rough, man. And Andrew she's Lee. coached by uh, Jim West, so. They they know what they're doing over there. Yeah, they're doing something. They're doing something right. Able to do that to Shevchenko. Yeah, I mean that says a lot of that. It's funny because every time I've seen somebody fight, last person that beat Shevchenko, I think went on to fight the other sister. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think I think it was yeah I think uh Kaylin Chukagian, Chukagian excuse me just beat um, Antonino that went on to fight Valentina right after. And so, what's it called? Uh, I mean, it might, it might be say something about Andrea Lee. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. Shevchenko, you know, Valentina's probably like, you just beat up my sister. I'm going to, I must end you. Like, I must break you. So, it was a good fight, though. I mean, definitely, I, I know for sure Andrea Lee had to be the underdog going into that one. You know, it's, the second people see that last name, they're like, whoever she's fighting, whoever Shevchenko is fighting is going to lose, you know. So, going to see that. Then another fun fight, Lando Vinala, Venado. Hey, the decision went over Mike Grundy. Um, it was just Lando Venata doing what he does best, proving that he can just keep this high pace nonstop, just going and going. Like, Mike Grundy was, uh, he's more of a grappler. He had a classic striker versus grappler match, but with the way that Mike Grundy was setting up those takedowns, they were yeah. very obvious. You know, it was. Yeah. Like I had said the la- in the last one, it's very yeah. old school, so it's something that everyone's used to seeing now. So when you do that, you kind of telegraph it and people know what to do. Um, that being said, he's still very a very high level wrestler, so he he it works for him. He can get the takedowns that way. But yeah. someone like Lando Venata with 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 they he has great takedown defense. That's why he knows he can stand up and strike the way that yeah. he does. So you got to start trying to disguise a little bit more. You got to start working in the strikes, uh, setting up the takedowns. You can't just go for him like that. Yeah, and then so uh, Lando Venata is always exciting if I ever watch. You know, even if it's fight score decision, I have so much fun watching him fight, dude. But He's all game, and then you had another uh, another lost limb in this one with Andre Muniz defeating uh, Jacques Ray Souza by armbar yeah. in the first round. A very nasty arm Broke break. The arm, yeah. You can hear it too. Yeah, it's loud. Yeah, nasty. S- snap that thing, dude. You saw the elbow poking out and everything, and I was like, Jesus, man. He was looking for blood. But uh, yeah, man. I think uh, Muniz was definitely the underdog going in that fight. But, oh yeah. I mean, he. Um, I mean, everyone likes Jacques Ray Souza if you keep up with the sport, but. Jacare is just—he's uh, a fun, lovable guy. He's just—he's easy going, but when he fights, though, man, he's a scary, scary guy. This was the—this was the first time uh, that anyone's ever uh, submitted yeah. Jacare. Yeah, it's a big deal and for a dude who comes from Brazil and for a dude who does almost nothing but grappling coming up. You. And it is the first time he's been submitted in his pro MMA career. Yeah. That's crazy. Which for me, going into this fight though, I kind of thought Jacare was gonna like not not really just have the the grappling advantage. You know, I thought I felt like the the grappling was gonna there. Like both these guys are great grapplers, but I thought Jacare was gonna want to keep the fight standing. Yeah, and I was like, okay, I feel like he's probably gonna have the stand the stand up advantage in this fight. Yeah. And he, uh, I mean, when it got to the ground, but Muniz was just all over that arm the second it got snapped in. It was just like he he saw it, he got a hold of it from guard, and then uh, whenever they were trying to roll a little bit, uh, Muniz just did not let go of it, and then found his uh, found his way with it. But I mean, it's one of those hard things. You don't like to see these guys get hurt. These injuries are tough, man. It's gonna pe- keep them out for a while. And Jacare is not a young guy, so 
Uh, but good for Andre Muniz. I mean, it was definitely a fun fight knowing that guy was just like, hey, man, if I got to fucking take limbs home with me, I'm going to do that. You know, I'm going to get this win. So I think it's going to boost up his stock a lot. It says a lot about him. I can't, I'm really excited to see what he does next. And my thing is, though, is I want to see him get tested against a striker, you know, yeah. somebody who can defend that jujitsu and somebody that can keep up with that pace as well. Because, I mean, Muniz is a lot of, I think he has like over 10 submission wins. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's definitely going to be something interesting. So in the next fight uh, would have been the first fight on the main card. It was uh, Matt Schnell. And actually, that is not it. It was the Edson Barbosa and Shane Burgos was the first fight. Yeah. Um, and that one was kind of a weird one, uh, something you're not used to seeing. Uh, it was a pretty good fight, pretty back and forth. Uh, and then Edson caught him with the right hand. And you see Shane Burgos get get hit by it and he gets stunned for like a second and then he he puts his face back on and he starts going and then he starts kind of tripping backwards and he yeah. just falls over he realized like smashes into the cage and then falls over uh so there's a really delayed knockout re- reaction from his body yeah um but just the power that it's barbosa has um landed it right in the face right yeah. on the temple yeah, it was a Which is uh, not on the face. I understand that. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> but yeah, right on the temple. I mean, it's it's a part of the face. What's it called? <laughs> so he, uh, it was. I mean, Bar- Barboza was really winning that fight, though. Barboza was um, what's it called? <laughs> he was Barboza was uh, getting the better shots in the fight. I like Shane Burgos. I thought Shane Burgos would have been a little more active with him, but he's he's a, he's one of those guys where it's almost like you're too tough for your own good. You know, it's like you're taking a lot of damage and you're just. He's landing good shots, but Bar- Barboza just was a, a step ahead of him. He was finally finding – he's finding his footing at 145 as well. Yeah. He's, you know, so it's definitely cool to see that. But, yeah, I think uh, when he landed that shot, everyone was freaking out about it. And I was just like, it's just his body gave up on him, guys. It's totally normal. And then oh, and then you think about it some more. It's like, okay, you know what? No, that's not very it's normal. Not, it's, it's not very – Like when you see it with body shots, yeah, because yeah. your body has to take a minute to process it. Yeah. Uh, with the knockout, though, when you when – you, so what, what's happening is your equilibrium's being thrown off or your yeah. brainstem's being, like, shaken for a second. Um, so it's weird for it to not be darn near instantaneous. Yeah. Uh, so with it being that delayed, it was just so weird to see. I thought, oh, well, you know, he, he must have, like, broken an orbital. He's falling back. He, he feels it all of a yeah. sudden. But then he, like, hits the cage real hard and just falls over and is out. It was like, whoa, out. what the heck? It was really weird. Um but really cool to see Edson Barbosa keep getting the wins. Yeah, um, for sure. The next fight was a Caitlin Chukagian beating Vivian Arajo uh, by decision. I feel like I saw that one coming. Caitlin's just very, very good. Um, and when she fights people like Vivian, she's going to... that That's what you expect to see. Yeah. Um, when she fights tough fighters, but she's higher ranked for a reason that's what you expect to see a good fight but one where the higher ranked person comes out on top yeah and so uh caitlin chukagan just showed kind of why she's she is where she at why she fought for the title uh i like um vivian Uh, i mean i think she's a good fighter i really do and i think that she's just uh she's when she fights and she she does stuff like that like i mean whenever she wins she just shows why she's a very prominent force in the fly women's flyweight division but um, Chukagian just keeps proving that, hey, that, I mean, yeah, I lost to Shevchenko, but who doesn't lose to Shevchenko? Yeah. You know? And so, 
Uh, she's. Yeah, I mean, it's one she of those losses that just doesn't count yeah. against you. And I know she lost to Jessica Andrade by a body shot, but I mean, if you see Andrade, she's got twenty four inch pythons on her ass. Like she's <laughs> fucking, she's stocky, dude. Like I mean, shit. I, I don't blame her. I probably throw up if that she punched me. But <clears throat> like, I, I like Caitlyn Chukagian. Uh, she moves well. I mean, she anywhere the fight goes, she's comfortable with. It. If she wants to stand up, but she just seemed to be a step ahead of everything Vivian was throwing at her. You know, it's just anything that was where the fight went, she just could cut off the cage. Like, she could do certain things. She could, if it went to the ground, she could handle it there. And just a good fight. Um, I'm wondering what's going to be next for Kaylin Chukagian, though. If she picks up enough wins to, you know, be back in the title contention or, you know, what's going to happen with that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, Against someone like Valentina, I would hope that she wants to take a little bit more time, maybe take another fight. Yeah. Um, just because if you rush in there and fight at Valentina, you're not really making a lot, enough adjustments. Yeah. You got to you got to make more adjustments for someone like that. You have you have to give yourself time to rebuild as a fighter. Because um, if you go in there with the same tools, you're not going to win. Look at Francis Ngannou the way he fought Stipe. Um, that first fight. He looked good, but it just didn't go his way because he was sitting there trying to get the the heavy-handed knockout. Yeah. And you look at the second fight, uh, he looked a lot better. He was ready for the grappling. Yeah. He was ready to get hit. Um, he got caught, and then he he stayed ready. Yeah. Uh, so he wasn't sitting there chasing. He stayed ready. Uh, so I think that's what won him the fight. And I think if you want to go in there and fight Valentina after already losing to her, you have to change thing, change things up. Otherwise, yeah. she's just going to go out there and be like, okay, well, I know this is what you do and you haven't changed, so I'm just going to do it again. Yeah, because But now it's going to be faster. Because one of Valentina's wins by TKO in the Crucifix was against Caitlyn Chukagian. Yeah. And uh, I want to say that if I was in Houston, I think it might have been. I have a feeling. I don't know. I'll look into it. But I, I remember because there was a fight that Valentina had in Houston that was a big deal because she's also – she travels around here a lot training yeah. and stuff. So. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, she's going to have to change something because you have to have something to be like, fuck. Like, yeah, she's definitely came back from a lot, you know, and um, to prove that she can hang with somebody like Shevchenko because Shevchenko is just consistently getting better. And look at Valentina's fight against uh, Jessica Andrade. Uh, She knew what to expect, and so she went in there and was like, okay, well, I'm just going to grapple you then. Yeah. I know you're going to come in here and try to grapple with me, so I'm just going to do it. And that's one of my favorite things about fighters whenever they're like, no, I'm going to beat you what you're good at. You know, it's like once I beat you what you're good at, what do you have left? You're going to go into what I'm good at. You know, like, like, uh, who else has gotten really good at? Like, Kamar Usman's gotten really good at it. Yeah. I mean, he'll fight guys, he'll stand up with them, and then, um, after that, it's like, what are you gonna do? You're gonna wrestle with them? No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, moving to the next fight, we had, uh, Rogerio Bontarin fight Matt Schnell, and it was a really good fight. The first round went to Matt Schnell, the second round is where, Bontarin kind of stepped it up towards the end. Yeah. Um, he, he, he landed a really good shot in yeah. the second round. And then the third round was, I, I wish it was a little bit more back and forth. It started off pretty back and forth, but yeah. then Matt Schnell got taken down and just kind of got pounded, and that was kind of hit. Yeah. And Bondurian got the win. Yeah, I mean, that's what I remember. I had to step away real quick, and I came back, and I was like, wait, I thought Matt Schnell was winning that fight. Yeah, no. And you were like, no, no, I completely changed. <laughs> I don't know what happened. He's like, Bondurian just woke up and just put it on Matt Schnell. I like Matt Schnell a lot. Yeah. I remember just He's like cool sitting, sitting there just laughing because I remember watching this dude on MTV caged and stuff. And it's like, um, but Bontarine, he just came in ready. I thought Matt Schnell would have done something about trying to get a submission win. I think he, I felt like that's what a bit, that would have been his best bet. 
Bontarine, I mean, he doesn't, I mean, he only had three losses going into this one knockout, one submission, and one decision, you know? So, um, and that's against Ray Borg and Kaikara France. Yeah. Be, those guys are good. Yeah. What's his name? Um, so it's not a knock on Bontarine. Kaikara France's nickname is uh, Lights Out for a reason, <laughs> you know? And he knocked him out, which is so funny to think about that because that was Kaikara France's only finish since he's been in the UFC. Yeah. And he's like, I had to finally live up to my nickname, man. I don't know. <laughs> What's well, like Chris Lytle? Chris lights out Lytle. Yeah, uh, he. I mean, he's got a lot of knockouts. Yeah, but it got to a point where a lot of his fights were going to decision. They were yeah. crazy fights. Yeah, but they were going to decision. Um, his fight against Marcus Davis was really good. Um, he had that fight against um, Dan Hardy. That I was, was a really good that one. one. That was his retirement. That was fight. a retirement fight, and he looked real good in that. But yeah. they're really, really exciting fights. But they did go to decision. Uh, with the name lights out, you know. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I kind of just say uh, when I saw Match No winning, I thought he's keeping a good pace. He's landing the better shots, great footwork. But once he got hit hard, it kind of seemed like Bontarine just took over after that, you yeah. know. And it just um, Match No didn't ever find his footing again. So um, it was definitely Bontarine's fight that night. But I think we'll be seeing both of them again really soon, though. Yeah, I think so. They're both uh, they're both fresh. They're gonna come in and get in. yeah. Keep getting wins, but for Brown Terrain and Matt Schnell is going to come back, I think, better. Um, the next fight is going to be Tony Ferguson and Benil Dariush. Yeah, the co-main. Dariush just controlled that fight yeah. from start to finish. Yeah. Tony it, never had a chance. Everywhere it went, uh, Daru, Benil Dariush has looked good. He's been on these resurgence. I mean, I'm happy to see him yeah. on it. I think he's an all-around good person. Um, I think he's kind of going off the rails with his post-fight interview. It was, like, it was like, where's this coming from? But he just said it. He let it out. It, and, uh, it, I wasn't expecting it. Uh, I wasn't either. I wasn't expecting it to get political or religious, but it did. And yeah. like, oh, okay, man. And, um, sure. But yeah, he just uh, he pulled off a good fight. And Tony Ferguson just, I don't know, he looked like a shell of himself. He got beat yeah. up. I mean, he wasn't really getting beat up the whole fight. I mean, there was that first, in the first round, he was going for a triangle attempt. And it's like, and Dariush was able to defend that, able to yeah. pull that off. And uh, one of the things is just like once you go to the ground, that's that's Dariush's, that's his bread and butter. Yeah, and, and when just you're, like when you're it's a planet jujitsu guy, yeah, and you're on your back, you're kind of expected to pull off a submission. Yeah, um, and Tony Ferguson couldn't do it. Yeah, Dariush has shut down everything that he's trying to do. Um, I think uh, I don't know. Tony Ferguson kind of came in with this with a really shit attitude to Dariush for no reason. He was talking a lot of shit, and it's like, man, he like, always does though. But not like that. Like it was just like, man, you're being. You're, I don't know. I guess. I guess it's just how Tony Ferguson is. I just never noticed it because I wasn't a fan, a fan of him. But yeah, even after the fight, he was talking shit to um, Benil Dariush, and it's just like, hey, man, just take the loss, learn from it, live from it, do what you got to do. You know. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it's just there's nothing else to say about it. Dariush pulled off that. I didn't like what Dana White had to say after the fight, though, saying, "Oh well, if you want to break the top five, you have to have more exciting fights than that." And it's yeah, just as like, if rankings were built on who's exciting and yeah. who's not. Like at John Fitch, you yeah. know, well, not a very exciting guy, but he was top ranked in the UFC for a very best. long time. And so, because he could implement that game plan, and so he could go in there and he could fucking you know grind these guys out. And but yeah, I mean, it's just it is what it's hard to be exciting whenever you're beating up char i mean sorry uh i, I get them confused but um against tony, tony ferguson because tony ferguson wants that he wants a dog yeah. fight and that's what the second he started doing that it's like man that's where he, that's where he's happy at when he gets hit he's like okay look, cool look tony ferguson is an exciting fighter right yeah. that's what dana wants right yeah well he lost yeah and i think he's been he's he hasn't lost since he fought gagey he's what oh and three now 
He's 0 3, lost to Gaethje, uh, Oliveira, and now yeah, Benil so He's 0 3 now. So your exciting fighters are losing yeah. while the dominant fighters are winning. Yeah. It's Sorry, bound to happen. But it, yeah. Rankings aren't based on excitement. Who's the, the exciting it, fighter? Rankings it, are based on who's the better fighter. Yeah. If you feel that way, maybe pay him a little more, but it's just like hey, shit. Don't, hey, no. Shout out to Tony Ferguson, yeah. though. Got everybody paid like 25000 more. Yeah. Seventy-five thousand dollar bonus. That's in a white privilege, dude. That was <laughs> fucking great. Like, that was I, hilarious. and that's what um, what's it called? Uh, they asked Dana White about that after yeah, he, he was, said that was the best line he's ever heard. Yeah, uh, and second place goes to uh, Dana. It's good to be white. Yeah, by Rampage, <laughs> Rampage Jackson. Jackson. I was like, hell yeah. But yeah, man. I mean, it's one of things where it's like, I mean, Benil's had some very exciting fights before that, and it's like to say that he wasn't exciting. Yeah. In this one fight, I mean, look what he did to Steve Holtzman. Look what he did to um, Jakar Close. You know, I mean, he fought. He knocked him out. Yeah, he knocked, he knocked both those guys out. One of those was spinning, spinning back fists. And that fight with Jakar Close was crazy, dude. Jakar had him hurt, and he came back and knocked that dude's mouthpiece out. And yeah. then who did he just beat? Uh, he beat Diego Ferreira also. And, I mean, it's just one of those things where sometimes it's hard to have exciting fights against guys who are as no, good as 24 It's the same thing. You have the same problem with Woodley. Yeah. Um, but what do you want Woodley to do? Like, yeah. he's a champion. He's beating everybody. Yeah. Um, like, it's why with Damian Maia, was it a boring fight? 100%. It was. But you know what? He won. What's he supposed to do against somebody like uh, Damian Maia? Yeah. Uh, like Anderson Silva didn't want to yeah. go to the ground with Damian Maia. Um, that being said, though... Anderson Silva, you're no slouch on the ground either, man. Yeah. Go over there, man. And Finish it's like, uh, oh. You know you can. Well, it's a black belt from the Noguera brothers. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, but. Well, who who did he get in that triangle and started elbowing in the head? Uh, Travis Luter. Travis Luter. Yeah. Amazing, amazing grappler. Yeah. So, Anderson Silva knows what he's doing on the ground. Yeah. Uh, so, I always had an issue with him not, like, not wanting to go to the ground with Damon Mike. I mean, like, if it's that. You can do it too, man. We know you can. You're You're so good. Go out there and beat him. And if it's that boring of a fight, why didn't the refs stand him up? You know? True. Well, I feel like refs don't stand fighters up like they used to. Yeah. I so, think um, the game has changed to the point where refs expect more to be going on on the ground. Yeah. Um, and that's what, I mean, there was times where it's like when we watched the Dilema versus uh, Green fight. Like, I feel yeah, like that fight should have stood, stood up a lot, but it never yeah. did. Yeah. Um, but again, I guess it's because, oh, well, it's a chess match. Like, yeah, but, you know, just because some guy's working for a better foot position on the other guy doesn't mean there's really any work going on yeah some of those jujitsu matches go up to 20 minutes because yeah. of stuff like that i mean it is what it, is. it is a chess match but it is but if it's a chess match to see who can get something that really has no relevance yeah uh because look at those guys dolima and, and green yeah it didn't matter where their feet were they were trying to punch each other they were <laughs> trying, well dolima was trying to punch green uh so you you saw Green get into half guard and then lay there. Yeah, Delima wasn't trying to get in better position. He was Not trying all, to punch no. Green's face in. You stand that fight up. Dariush was doing work. Yeah, on he Tony did what Ferguson. He could. Tony I mean, Ferguson was trying to do work off his back. Uh, so that one didn't need to be stood up. I don't think. Yeah, I mean, I know uh, Tony Ferguson did post after. Um, it was like a clip from a video game from like an eighties video game. It said retire or give up. And so he's probably stuck between okay. that, but yeah, I mean, he's probably stuck with it. I mean, like Freaking now it's retire, like, bro, what, what you have nothing to prove. Yeah. I think when he had his chance for the title, he decided to give it up by fighting Justin Gaethje, you know? And it's like, um, I mean, that's a whole different situation with that though, with Khabib going well, back to Dagestan, but oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so it's just one of those things where it's like, 
Tony Ferguson. I don't see Tony Ferguson really fighting for the title again after that. No, definitely, especially definitely not. Especially after he lost to Char- Charles Oliveira, because like, he's, he's never yeah, going to be a title have to fight again. Charles Oliveira, and Charles Oliveira is a better Tony Ferguson. Yeah, at this point, yeah, he's a better Tony Ferguson. Um, so let's just be real. Tony Ferguson's not going to get to the title shot. Yeah, but Neil Dariush is even, knocking on that door. Even if he comes back and starts winning some, I think he's going to yeah. have to win some. Really. Uh, he's going to have to make a statement. And yeah. It's going to have to be a few fights in a row that he wins. Yeah. He's going to have to prove that, okay, it was just a downslope. But yeah. he got Benil Daryush. Now that he's gonna, probably going to be breaking top five, if Daniel White doesn't want to be a douchebag about it, um, you have Benil Daryush. I mean, that opens up a lot of doors for a lot of good fights, him versus uh, Justin Gaethje. Yeah, that'd be a really fun one. You know? Um, where's Gaethje at right now in the rankings? I'll say he's number three. I'd have to look in. I'm gonna get into that right now. But yeah, um, I mean, but just, that, that would be a really good fight. Yeah. Um, the the way that lightweight is now that Oliveira is a champion, you have to. I saw Eric Hawani said uh, that you got to if Dustin wins his fight against Connor, obviously he's the one to fight right. Charles Oliveira. But then he said, and even if Connor wins that fight, he's the obvious number one contender. What in the hell makes him the obvious number one contender? Well, he beat the guy that... The guy who keeps losing fights and then hanging out for a year and then loses a fight and then hangs out for a year. Like, that. why does he get a number one title shot? I think if he beats Dustin Poirier, he deserves a title shot. I don't think it means... It's the same thing with Michael Chandler. Yeah. Well, we saw that. I don't think... just you. Like I was saying with Nate Diaz and Leon Edwards, too. You beat one guy. Yeah. Doesn't mean you're ready for a title shot. It means... You were ready. You were you were ready that night yeah. for the title shot. I think if he if he does beat, uh, which is awesome, but you know that doesn't translate into the next day. I, I definitely feel like if he is to beat the guy who's arguably not who should have been champion, then yeah, it's like you know what we get it because I feel like that fight makes sense for whoever beat wins out of Conor versus Dustin three. It deserves a title shot. I don't think so. I think Dustin deserves a title shot. Yeah, Conor would have to fight Gagey, yeah. or he'd have to fight Dariush. And if he beats them, okay, yeah, it's Conor McGregor. Give him a title shot yeah. if he beats them no, I after feel, beating Poirier. I really feel like if he beats Dustin Poirier, because it's like that guy is the next guy to fight for the but title. Why? Who's that, Dustin Poirier? Why, I'm just saying, why would you give a guy who consistently was losing, right. came back and won one fight after what, six, like, not six, let's be real. He he beat Diaz, and then he lost to Khabib, and then he lost to Poirier right. um, in the span of about four years. Right. When you had Dariush, who's winning, 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 winning. Right. Why would you give him a title shot over Dariush? That doesn't make sense to me. You had Gagey, who has been has been winning his fight since he lost to Khabib. Yeah. Why would you not give him the title shot? Why would you give give it to Connor over him? These people who are actively working and winning. Right. Why would you give it to Connor over them just because he beat Dustin? I do understand what you mean by Dustin's the number one contender. If you beat the number one contender, obviously that puts you in line for that. Yeah. But I don't. It just doesn't make sense to me rankings wise. Right. Um, Oliveira is the champion. Uh, you work your way down. You just had Chandler lose. That pushes him further out. I think that might push him out of the top five. Yeah, because he definitely is going to need a couple fights before he fights for that belt. Oh, yeah. So you have Dustin Poirier, who going to fight Connor. Say right. Connor beats him in this situation, but then you have Darius, who's got to be in the top five now. Yeah. You have Justin Gagey, who's still going to be in the top five. Um, I I think. First off, I think both of those guys deserve a title shot over Connor in any situation right now. Um, but you also have guys who are going to be 
moving up, you have, um, wow, we're, I just said his name and I can't even think of his name. Michael Kesa. Yeah. Uh, like I, Michael Kesa at welterweight. I don't know why I'm bringing him up. I'm blanking on the right person and I really wish that I hadn't even started this talk. <laughs> now I can't freaking think of the guy's name. Uh, anyway, Dariush and Gager, I think I, I think that's the only evidence I need for my point. I don't yeah. think Connor deserves it over those two, even if he beats Dustin. Well, even with uh, Justin Gaethje, it'd be harder to be like, hey, you're fighting Charles Oliveira next because his last fight was against Khabib for the lightweight title. I mean, he's coming off of a loss, you know. Like I said, kinda... I think Dariush has earned it. Yeah. Oliveira having not fought Connor or Dariush, he hasn't fought Dariush, hasn't he? Has he? I'm not too uh, sure yeah. off the top but of my head. He, so say he had. I think that's even more exciting because now it's two completely different fighters from when they would have fought before. Right. Um, so they're And they're both on huge winning streaks. So I think that makes for a better fight anyway. Um, so I think if Connor, if Connor beats Dustin, I don't see a reason why he should get a title shot other than the fact, oh, he's Connor McGregor. That's the only reason he gets a title shot. Right. Um, and again, I understand he, if he beats Dustin, that may, he's Dustin's number one contender. If you beat him, like, obviously you're ready. But again, I think that just means that night you were ready. Right. Uh, Cause the next day, how are you going to be feeling? Um, with the way Connor fights, he's not going to be ready for another year to fight again. So you're telling me if he beats Dustin, we have to wait another year for him to fight Charles Oliveira and hope that he looks still, and still looks good. Yeah. And then if he wins the title, he's just going to relinquish it. Yeah. He's not going to defend the title. He's just there just for a point, be like, ha, I beat all y'all and I got the belt, you yeah. know? But, yeah, I mean, definitely with that. So, real quick, because I think this will definitely keep that talk of the lightweight going, let's get right into the main event. Charles yeah. Oliveira uh, won by second-round TKO. started talking about it before. No, you're good. Yeah, what's it called? Um, I think this will definitely help kind of give more into that. Segway. Uh, yeah, segue into this is just Charles Oliveira is the new light UFC lightweight champion. He defeated Michael Chandler by second-round TKO. Fun fight. It was a great yeah. fight. Um, was. Chandler had him hurt in yeah, that first round. Very hurt. At one point, I was like, I think he's I out. I thought he was out when his yeah. head was on the mat and his arms were out flat. I was yeah. like, oh, that's it. The rest can stop it. And, and he didn't. And he got up. I was like, oh, okay. It feeds into the narrative that we were talking about last week. And we talked about even watching the fight. Is You know, you have a guy coming off one win by uh, by knockout fighting for the title versus you have a guy like Charles Oliveira who's been fighting a very, very long time. 11 years in the UFC. Yeah, 11 years in the UFC. 11 years in the top level of the MMA game. And, um, I mean, he's been on, I want to say it was a nine-fight win streak going into this fight. Or did this make it nine, or was it nine? I don't remember, but eight or nine fight yeah. win streak is huge. Yeah, so he's going into this fight. I think he, I think this was his ninth win, and uh, goes in this fight, earned that title shot, beat up guys that nobody beats up. You know, I mean, he Kevin completely, Lee. yeah, Kevin Lee. He finished Kevin Lee. He he outboxed Kevin Lee, and it's just uh, look what he did to Tony Ferguson. At one point, I was like, dude, I think he just broke his fucking arm. Yeah, and so um, we guess the fight starts, and it was a fun fight from the start. Uh, it was very obvious to what Chandler was trying to do, go in and throw those powerful strikes. Yeah, he, he, was, he was throwing those hands real, I don't want to say wild, but a little bit. There was, was a lot of his, hooks. He had his hands Ooh. real low, Yeah, and he was just throwing these hooks out there real heavy. Uh, so you're right. It was definitely obvious what he was trying to do. Yeah. So Oliveira picked and chose his shots, and he was in and out real quick, Yeah. Um, which is the, definitely the best way to handle someone fighting coming at you like that. Yeah. Um, so when the second round came in, yeah, he already it was. What to, what it, to expect. Watching the files getting kind of frustrated because, like, I like Michael Chandler a lot, and it was one of the discussions we had. Is just, I feel like with his coach, with Henry Hooft, he kind of lets his fighters do that. 
he's very yeah. he's very uh lean he's very lenient with him and it's like man you have to tell him pick his hands up like he's fighting a guy that's a lot longer than him going in there swinging like that and they the fight in the first round did go to the ground and michael chandler did a good job of staying composed yeah not being overwhelmed by a guy like charles Oliveira. what i like about charles Oliveira too is he's his striking's there he's proven that but yeah. it's also that his um his uh what's that he's his jiu-jitsu style he's a very aggressive jiu-jitsu fighter yeah. you don't see that anymore you don't see guys just say i'm gonna get in your face and i'm gonna take you down and i'm gonna fuck your shit up and stuff so he, he is consistently taking people's back yeah. while standing and that's something that is hard to do yeah but it's something that he does with ease and so like look how aggressive he was when he fought tony ferguson yeah you know i mean that guy as soon as the fight started he pressured the shit out of tony ferguson tony was you know, able to go in there and do that. He landed a couple good shots, but I mean, the second they went to the ground, he was throwing Tony Ferguson around, dude. I remember in that fight too. Like I think Tony tried to get his back, and he pick, he literally was on his knees and stands up and picks up Tony Ferguson from his knees, stands up, throws him on the ground. It was like holy shit. Yeah, but it, it's crazy to see how long, how how far he's come as a fighter. Yeah. I remember his first fight in the UFC. He was just this tiny, scrawny, bouncy little kid, twenty um, years old, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and now like and he and all he did back then was submissions. Yeah. Uh, his his main goal was get your back or get your arm. Yeah. Um, but now he's knocking dudes out. Now he's striking with Michael Chandler and knocking him out. Yeah. How crazy is that for and, the for the lightweight champion? And so um, you know you saw Shit. after that uh, Michael Chandler hurt Charles bad and uh, he capitalized on it. He was pressuring him, landing good shots. But uh, also one of the things was I didn't get was Michael Chandler just went straight to the ground with him and was trying to punch him. Yeah, you would it's think like, you got a guy hurt and you you know space. what this guy's background is. Yeah, you don't you don't stay on the ground. You yeah. get back up. You make the ref because he wasn't landing any up. shots on the ground. He landed a yeah. couple shots, but nothing major. And it's like, man, you gotta just do that. You just gotta let him stand back up. He's wobbled. I mean, he's if. Let's say if he gets up and he wobbles, even just a little bit, to where it's suspect enough, the ref's gonna say, "You know what? He can't continue. He can't stand up. He's too rocked." And that's fight, the fight's over right there. So going into the second round, um, it was a quick start into the second round. It was 20 seconds in the second round. I think it was that it stopped at 19 seconds. But uh, exactly what we noticed from the start is Michael Chandler had his hands down. Um, he throws a punch, and then um, Charles Oliveira evades it. Throws a really nice check left hook, picture perfect, right? Just such good technique, right on the chin, dude. Sends him, sends uh, Michael Chandler on his butt, and Charles Oliveira rushed him. Charles Oliveira rushed him, went in there, knocked him out, and it was just a really nice barrage of punches he had by him. But it was just, uh, it was just dirty to see, man. But good on Charles Oliveira to make that happen. It's just now, you know, it's wondering what's gonna, what's gonna happen next for that guy. I mean, he's. It's for me. It's like watching him get hurt like that. I think about guys like Dustin Poirier who hit really hard, yeah. you know. And it's like, okay, what's he gonna do against that? I think he beats Conor McGregor if Conor McGregor is to get the fight. I really do think he beats Conor McGregor. Um, but he's. I mean, just, I, I do too. And that it was the same issue with the Dustin with the rematch with Dustin Poirier. Yeah. Everyone was like, oh, what Conor McGregor are we gonna see this time? Uh, Conor is Conor. That's all there is to yeah. it. Conor has changed. Over the course of his career, yes, but are we gonna act like the every Connor we've seen is different? Yeah, because it's not. He has always been this way. He has always been a really great fighter anywhere the fight goes. Mm -hmm. But when you see his fight against Khabib, that was Connor. Yeah, I think that was still peak Connor. Khabib's Mm -hmm. just that good. Yeah, when you see his fight against uh, Dustin in the Dustin Poirier rematch, it's not that he wasn't he was any less Connor. It was just that. Dustin Poirier is better than him. Dustin Poirier is that good. 
Um, in this rematch, it'll be interesting to see because Connor has kind of said that he had to refocus mm-hmm. um, and he changed up his training a lot. So if he comes in and he is a more focused fighter, that's that's different. That's It's the same Connor, but it's still a little different. So you yeah. got to think maybe... Uh, if he were, if he does win this one, him and Michael Chandler make sense. I think. Yeah, I think that'd be a good fight to make. Um, that solidifies Michael Chandler is a top guy for the UFC. Yeah, I mean, if he, he beats him, even Justin Gaethje versus Michael Chandler, that's a fun fight. Yeah, I yeah. think that is too. I think Justin Gaethje uh, versus Benil Dariush would be cool. Yeah, and then Michael Chandler versus Connor. Uh, then you got. Uh, I don't want to see anything bad happen to Tony Ferguson, but I'd love to see Tony Ferguson and Dan Hooker fight. That would be fun. I was thinking the same thing. Right? I'd love to see that, but even, I, even I don't before, want to see Tony Ferguson get hurt anymore. Even before the um, before this fight was booked, the Benil Dariush. I remember we talked about that, and yeah. I said I, was, I want to see Tony Ferguson fight Dan Hooker because I like Dan Hooker. Mm. I would really like to see him like put his name back out there. I know that after that loss to Michael Chandler. And all that. Yeah, it, it just it sucks it that him. he lost to Dustin and then lost to Chandler. Yeah. Um, because losing to Dustin, okay, this Dustin's clearly ready to be champion. Uh, and then losing to Chandler, it's kind of like ah oh, crap. Yeah. You know that that that's just unfortunate. One of my favorite things was not like, to, not to take anything away from Michael Chandler. Yeah. Just, that's just unfortunate. Just a string man. of bad luck for just for went Dan over there Hooker. and put you down. One of the things was like Tony Ferguson told uh, Michael Chandler was like you ducked me, you ducked me. But then after that, you know, you have Dan Hooker coming out and saying, you know, he's like I was the only one who said yes to him. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm t- I'm risking a lot fighting Michael Chandler. And so it's kind of like, I think the thing about Tony Ferguson was he wanted that fight against Michael Chandler on short notice. He, he's like, I'll fight him. I'll fight him in uh, Michael Chandler's been around the block. He yeah. knows that's not a good idea. Yeah, he's not dumb. And so it's like, no one wants to fight that dude on short notice. It's not, it, you know, Michael Chandler's fault that you stay, um, that that guy stays ready. What's it called? 24-7, you know, all the 365. Stay ready. And so uh, maybe Tony Ferguson should maybe just relax a little bit, not be ready all the time. Maybe he would. He looked like shit. Really? I'm going to be honest. <laughs> he looked rough, man. I, I, I mean. Um, I think we've just seen him age in the cage. Yeah, we're, we're seeing him age, but even like just the way That's his all. build is, it's like, man, you maybe you should consider welterweight. Like maybe you need an easier weight cut. He's too small for welterweight. I think so too, but I mean, dude. Because <laughs> then he would be fighting Michael Chiesa. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Michael Chiesa. <laughs> Whoops, Tony Ferguson. Hundred percent. Hey, they were on the Ultimate Fire together, right? No, no, no. Season apart, oh, or I think two apart, something like that. But because uh, they both won their seasons. Oh yeah, Tony Ferguson yeah. won. He beat Ramsey Nugent. Yep, and then um, what's his name? My Michael. Bad. Michael. Chiesa. My brain. You're good, man. Hey guys, I work for a living. I got you know. <laughs> it's a call. My brain ain't um, all here. Michael, what's Friday, that? Michael. End of the day. Michael Chiesa beats Ally Quinta. <laughs> For oh, his, that yeah, right. He, he choked yeah. him out. What happened to Ally Quinta? I do. I try to find anything about him. Yeah, I don't him think recently. he's fought since he lost to Khabib, right? Uh, no, he's fought. Yeah. He's he picked up a couple wins. I mean, he oh, was looking man. good. Then he fought. Um, he fought. What's his name? He fought Donald Cerrone, and then after that, he fought um Dan Hooker, and he hasn't fought since. I don't know, man. And so I like. Maybe watching he's Al- just finding his place uh, in the gym. Yeah. Having a good time there with Matt Sarah. I think so too. I, I mean, you know, he has a stable job. He's a real estate agent. You yeah. Know? Oh, that's right. Yeah. So uh, I think there's that to think about too. Is like oh, okay. Nah. And so um, I think there's that. You know, is like what's good, where does Ally Quinta fall? But 
I would like to see him come back. You know, I don't want to see him go any more up in the rankings. He's, um, but he's just kind of there. I wonder what's going to happen with Paul Felder. I've been wanting to see Paul Felder fight again recently. Yeah, I think Paul Felder is definitely at a point where he's probably not looking for any title shots. Yeah. He's just trying to find fights that will get him money, make give him fun fights, have him some fun, yeah. uh, and then retire. And so, um, I like Paul Felder a lot. I lo- I've always loved watching him fight. Um, I, I, I like him. As part of a broadcasting team, yeah. Uh, so I kind of hope he stays there. Yeah. Um, if yeah. he does fight, like I said, I'd like it to be against someone fun. Yeah, because I don't think he'll be ever having a run for the title. But no. I think um, either way, though, he's just an exciting fighter. He's just all around good guy. Um, I still laugh when I think about him and the Joshua Labia thing. So yeah, but uh, that shit cracks me up, man. Like he's like, I don't even know who you are. Have them fight. Yeah. Fabio wants to be respected so bad. Go in there and fight, man. Yeah. Fight him. Fight Paul Felder. They're probably about the same weight. Yeah. I mean, no. I think Paul Felder's a lot bigger than him and weighs more than him. Mm -hmm. I think uh, Paul Felder, he probably has to walk around like 180, dude. Yeah, but he he cuts weight. Yeah. I know he cuts weight. He doesn't fight at 180. But I guarantee he comes into the fight, fucking dude... Like, it's not going to, no. Like, what are you going to do? You're going to, like, like watch what Paul Felder eats to try to make it more even for well, No, he, look, he's going to be self-aware. Yeah. And he's going to win the fight by self-awareness. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Paul Felder's going to try to punch him. He's just going to spin out of the way. We've I'm seen gonna, him do it. I'm going to try that. <laughs> spin, you're going to push a punching bag and spin out of the way of No, it? like, in a real fight. Like, oh, I, 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 honestly, if I go against somebody, it's like, I know that he's about to fuck me up. So I'm going <laughs> to... Spin move. I'm just going to be like, you know what? Fucking self-awareness. And I'm just going to roll with that punch and see how well it goes. There, you can hang from a, a ceiling and I'll punch your forehead. Nah, dude. I don't want to do I'll that. I'll elbow you and kick you and yeah. take those shots. If anybody hasn't seen that yet, go check that shit out, dude. Fucking Joshua Fabio uh, training with Diego Sanchez. training. Yeah. Fucking punch. Hilarious. The, kick that dude in the head. Like, <laughs> he he kicked the shit out of him. Just hanging upside down with all the blood rushing to his head, and he just got his eyes closed, trying yeah. his best to just not say "ow." I move. guess like, I don't know what the goal he is. He fucking there. punched the shit out of him, dude. Just, like, like in the entire time I'm watching that, I think I, I, I this is what if you all go and check it out, go and like when you listen to it, close your eyes and tell me what that shit sounds like. <laughs> like. It's disgusting, but um, yeah, man. I don't know. Like with lightweight picture, I'm, I, that's my favorite division. Honestly, it's so much fun. But I think this, uh, like, it's always fun with cards like this because it kind of opens up the division more. You're gonna yeah, see, yeah, several fights in the yeah. same weight class. Yeah, yeah. But not just like uh, like a champion fight or a top contender fight. Yeah. And then someone who's maybe ranked ten to twenty. Uh, you have the top five guys fighting back, back, back to back. Yeah. Uh, so. I definitely agree. Um, I feel like the lightweight rankings are a little weird right now because of everything going on. It is really weird. Um, that's what that's. Remember when I looked at you that and uh, I had said too is like, I can't remember what fight exactly we were talking about. I was like, you know, when I watch fights like these, it makes me think like it's no bullshit what Khabib said. It's like you know, I'm levels above these guys. Yeah, you know, 
and it's so hard to be like, damn, well, you know, of course, well, I'm always going to recognize that Charles Oliver is the lightweight champ. But, but like, we, were, we were talking about the Ferguson-Dariush yeah. fight, because yeah. look at what Dariush did to him. Yeah. And the way that Khabib wrestles, he locks your legs up. Uh, so That takes away. The, the triangle choke attempt that Ferguson had on Dariush, he wouldn't have been able to get on Khabib. Yeah, I so, think. And, I mean, we, we probably would have seen a different Tony Ferguson fight Khabib. Yeah, he would have knocked him out. What? What? <laughs> Um, but I, I, we would have seen a different Tony Ferguson fight could be, but I think the same result would have been there. Yeah. Uh, could be, we, it's, it's hard to say when, when you're talking about what ifs, you know? Yeah. Um, I think could be, would have fucked him up. Honestly. Yeah. It's a very abrupt way to put that. I mean, you can't, Tony you Ferguson. can't not say it because look at what Khabib's done. Dude's yeah. Freaking. Look what he's doing. These guys. 29 and 0. Yeah. And then you look at what Tony Ferguson has been doing against jujitsu guys and wrestlers. Yeah. I mean, granted, before that, he's on 12-5 win streak, and he's fucking these dudes up. I mean, these guys weren't looking the same after their fights. But um, then you see what Benil and what Charles Oliveira's done, what Justin Gaethje's done, and it's like, I think Khabib would have definitely dominated every aspect of that fight. Yeah. Because even if they would have been standing up at one point, Khabib is going to get close, and he's going to get that range. Uh, Tony Ferguson, has a, he's, he has a good chin. But it's been tested a lot, and you've seen him get hurt pretty often. Khabib does hit hard, even though he's much more known for his very aggressive style of wrestling, of Sambo, excuse me. But, yeah, I mean, it's just definitely going to be that. But I think, especially once the Poirier versus McGregor fight happens, we're going to see the title picture clear up a little more. Yeah, because we'll have a more defined path of what's going to happen. Which, um, it's closer than we realize, man. It it really is. It's it's sooner than we realize. July, yeah, it's July, and then it's you know middle of May right now. So, I really hope Dustin Poirier gets it. Dude deserves it. Um, and if he fights, I think they released the uh, odds for if Oliveira were to fight either Poirier or Connor, mm-hmm. and he was not the favorite in either of those matchups. Yeah. Um, I think for him and his style of fighting. I could see him being a favorite against Connor. Yeah. As far as what we've seen from Connor lately. Um, like I said, I know it's the same Connor, but it's not the same Oliveira. Oliveira has, be- has become such a great striker. Um, and I think what makes him great is his timing with his punches. So if he were to sit there and strike with uh, Connor, Connor's going to have to be the aggressor against Oliveira because the way that Oliveira works is he, he uses his timing to land the the big powerful shots. Um, and Connor likes to do that. He likes to counter strike. So when you have a guy who's using his timing and being in and out, you're really going to have to be the aggressor to win that fight. And we don't see that from Connor as often as it seems like, because Connor's such a big brash person, yeah. That when you when he's counter striking, it looks like he's being the aggressor, but he's really not. No. Um, like when he fought uh, Jose Aldo, uh, it looked very aggressive from Connor, but it really wasn't. He sat back and he waited for the punch. As soon as, as soon as Jose Aldo threw that right hand, he dropped him. Yeah. It was, was counter striking. Uh, it's the same thing with Eddie Alvarez. As soon as Eddie Alvarez started getting setting up for a big combination. Connor was there to stop it and then throw out a combination of his own. Um, the one time we saw him be very aggressive, I would say, was against Cowboy. Um, and that would be because he caught him early. So, yep. And that's how you have to fight Cowboy if you want to beat yeah. Cowboy. And that's been shown at this point. Mm-hmm. So 
if Connor goes in there and is very aggressive, who knows what he could, he's capable of. If he goes in there and he's very aggressive against Poirier, that's the kind of thing that Poirier wants. Yeah. So if you go in there and you're very aggressive with him, you have to hit him and you have to land. Because historically what we've seen with Poirier is his defense isn't always great. Um, so when you're landing, like with Michael Johnson, he was landing and Poirier had his hands low. Yeah. Every time he'd go up for a combination, every time they'd start making an exchange, he had his hands low, which is kind of the opposite of what you want to do. Yeah. Uh, but if Connor wants to win that fight, I think he needs to stick to what he does best, and that's counter striking. And he needs to not try to be the stronger fighter. Yeah. Because I don't think he's stronger than Poirier. I don't think he is either. He's faster. Yeah. So be faster. I mean, he's he's faster and he's more technical than Poirier. But the thing is, whenever you give in a Poirier's fight, like he did the last time, yeah. like he gave into that. The thing is, Poirier has a gas tank on him. He'll take a good shot. And I think, especially going into that um, that fight, the second fight, you know, uh, Poirier took his best shot, and he was just like, okay, you know, yeah. nice clavicle. Poirier had a lot of fun with that, and I yeah. think I think when he's having fun, you're in trouble. Yeah. Because that's what he wants. Like, he's even said he's like, he fucking hates the media. He's like, I yeah. hate that shit, but the, I the love the fight. The only time Poirier has looked bad yeah. is when there's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Because uh, he puts pressure on himself when that happens. Um, but I think that Poirier, is, as a person, has grown to the point where he's not, he understands he can't do that, and he's not yeah. going to. So I definitely think that's, um, with Poirier, it's, it, I mean, I'm very excited for that fight, but... I think Poirier just knows that he has all the tools to win that fight again, and that's what kind of it's kind of hard because I think whenever Poirier has his back against the wall, he performs a little better, you know. But uh, yeah, and his, I think right now he's set to be the favorite for that fight. So. Yeah. So it's we'll going to be there. interesting to see what happens, but I think it's definitely going to open up that whole aspect of title picture. I mean, Benil Dariush is now knocking on the title door. Last guy to beat yeah. Tony Ferguson is the current champ. You know, Justin Gaethje hasn't had a fight in a while, and. Um, I mean, I know Justin Gaethje got a bunch of shit for saying I won't fight until there's an actual champion, until the real champion is there, which is, I mean, look, now there's a real champion. And I think he gives Charles Oliver a lot of problems. Yeah, he does. But the thing is, too, though, is like, you know, with um, Charles' aggressive jiu-jitsu style, I mean, he knows he can do it and he has good striking is look at what happened when Justin Gaethje fought against uh, Khabib. Yeah. You know, once he you, once you give up once you give up your back to Khabib, that's yeah. it. Once you give up your back to Oliveira, that's it. Yeah. You cannot give your back up to those people. Um and that's the problem with Dustin Poirier too. He gave his back up pretty a lot. easily yeah. to Khabib. Multiple rounds he was um, giving his back up. So you can't do that with guys like Oliveira. Uh so your best bet is to stay and strike with him, but he's shown that his striking is just so quick. Yeah, cuz um, you have guys like cuz the way that with the just with Justin Gaethje has a fast pace, but so does Charles Oliveira. And yeah. you saw whenever Justin fought Khabib, there was this kind of thing where uh, Khabib saw his pace and then was like, "Okay, that's your pace. I'm gonna go ten above that." And yeah. then after that, that's when Justin couldn't keep up with the pace. And I think with Charles's style, I mean, I think he's gonna be able to stand in there with Justin. But Justin hits fucking hard, and yeah, we saw. That's what I was gonna say, and Justin yeah. doesn't get knocked out very easy. No, he doesn't. But so. I think if he's able to get, I think Charles Oliveira can definitely submit him. Oh yeah, I think absolutely. He, I think he, I think he, I Justin's think he's a former wrestler, but yeah. and I, I'm usually in favor of the wrestler versus in a against in a fight against a jujitsu guy. Yeah, but in this with these two, Oliver would take that. Yeah, I and uh, I mean, I mean, one of the shots we saw Oliver get the first shot we saw him get hurt with that wobbled him was a left hook, and that's Justin Gaethje's bread and butter. Yeah. That left hook is crazy, and 
but I think Giles Elver is able to uh, pressure him enough to be like, okay, I'm in close enough. Let me go for a submission. Yeah. And, and one of the things Justin Gagey likes to do is left hook and high kicks. Yeah. Uh, so if, if you're in his face, he can't do that high kick. Yeah. So his best bet, his best shot is going to be that left hook, and he can't set it up if you're in his face. So yeah. that's very true. So, I mean, it's just something to think about, too, with that. And then Benil Dariush, um, I mean, he's looked really good. I don't know how he's going to be with the top three guys, though. I mean, look, if he fights, if let's say they give him the winner of Justin, I mean, excuse me, Dustin versus Connor three, you know, how's he going to hang in there with that? He's been knocked out before. He's been knocked out pretty bad, too. And so, well, I'm not questioning his durability. I know he can take a shot, but, um, like, I don't think Darius beats somebody like Dustin Poirier. That's what I, I think what they should do is put Oliveira on a shelf for a, for just a second. Yeah. Let, let Poirier and McGregor fight. If Poirier wins, give him that shot. If McGregor fights, have him fight. Or, I mean, if McGregor wins, um, have him fight Michael Chandler. Yeah. And have Gagey fight Dariush for, I, for a title shot. If Connor loses, I don't see him fighting Dariush. I don't think he's going to want to fight no. Dariush. Yeah, I, I can see him fighting Chandler. I can see him fighting. Him fighting Chandler makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Because, again, again, Connor doesn't fight often. Yeah. Um, and he's lost several times now. So have him fight Chandler because that's a big deal for Chandler. Um, but if Connor can go in there and beat Chandler, he's, he says, Hey, this guy's not the guy. I'm the guy. Remember? Yeah. Um, so that, that matchup makes sense. Gagey and Dariush makes sense. Um, but if Dustin Poirier wins, give, give Poirier to Oliveira and then have Dariush fight Gagey and then figure out what you want to do with Connor from there. Yeah. Because I mean, that's kind of what, how it's going to play out to be. Like you said, Connor's calling out Kamaru. Maybe, maybe tell him like, all right, clearly lightweight ain't it. You want to move up to a welterweight? You want to try to fight Kamaru Usman? I think it's a terrible fight for him. I do too, but, I mean, he's calling for it, so. Yeah. Hey, man, if that's what he wants, you know, what's it called? Uh, I, I think that's a, not a good fight for him at all, though. That's no. just me. But, I mean, um, with that fight, though, I mean, it's we, it's kind of weird. You know, I would like to see Dan Hooker fight Tony Ferguson, and then you can kind of work at things out with, like you just said, the fights you just said. You know, you have... Gaethje versus Dariush, um, and then after, excuse me, if, the, if there's the winner of like if if Poirier wins, Poirier versus Oliveira, yeah. you have Poirier versus Oliveira, uh, McGregor versus Chandler, um, Gaethje versus Benil Dariush, and yeah, Ferguson fight um, Dan Hooker. I think uh, yeah, I but think the, that is but, a great yeah that plays out the top six. But the thing is though is Dan Hooker's ranked. Um, Number seven right now, yeah. and then you have Rafael Dos Anjos who's at number six. I feel like Dos, Dos Anjos hasn't been active. Uh, he he hasn't fought been active. Paul Felder, and that yeah. was a short fight, short notice fight. Yeah, uh, Felder lost, uh, but I don't know. I feel like Dos Anjos is just kind of there. Um, yeah. kind of similar with uh, Iaquinta. He's just kind of yeah. there. Like, who's he gonna fight? He's gonna fight. Um, he's gonna fight. Um, Ferguson again, and Ferguson yeah. beat and Ferguson beat up on him. Yeah, it just they they kind of sit in some weird spots, I think. So if Dos Anjos wants to keep making a name for himself and keep on pushing that he belongs in the title picture or at least top five, then maybe he should call for Michael Chandler. Yeah, I think that would make sense. And too. I know that. Oh no, you know he, what? Screw that. Yeah. Uh, if Connor beats Poirier, have him fight Dos Anjos. Yeah, because they were supposed to fight before, and I was pretty excited for that one. And that's what Dos Hunter was saying. He was like, "Well, since he's lost, I mean, it makes sense for us to fight each other now." Yeah, uh, so I, I say, 
set that one up. Which is crazy because I think the Dos Anjos we have now gives him a much better fight than we would yeah. have expected. Um, you know, I think uh, the Dos Anjos that, w- that would be fighting Connor now, I think Connor would struggle with, struggle with him a lot. And I, but you know, I know if if Connor beats Dos Anjos, mm-hmm. you know, people are gonna be like, okay, you beat a guy who's not even top five. Why yeah. do you get title shot now? Yeah. But it's it's just hard to deny Connor McGregor. If he gets if he puts two wins together over top ten guys, yeah, um, because he's Conor McGregor. Yeah, I don't like that, but I, I do get it. If he beats Dustin, and then I don't think it would make sense to match him up with Dos Anjos. If he loses, match him up with Dos Anjos. I think that'd be cool. Yeah, that would be a good um, fight. He, or or Chandler, but I th- I think both of those would be cool, um, and that keeps Dos Anjos' stock rising. Yeah, because uh, Dos Anjos probably has one more run of the title than that's it. Yeah, I would think so. Maybe, you know. I mean, he has to win his next couple for sure before that. But, I mean, if Dos Anjos doesn't, if he loses his next fight, it's like, okay, you, you can keep fighting. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, but we got to figure out what's going to be next for you because you're not going to be fighting for the title anytime soon. Yeah. Um, we're going to go ahead and call this one. Uh, it's good to talk about rankings, though. Because I feel like the rankings are kind of weird. Uh, so it's good to get to talk about them. Uh, let us know what y'all think as far as uh, what matchups could be cool or what matchups make sense, where the rankings should be. Let us know what y'all think. Um, and remember that we are now on iTunes, Spotify, we're on Google Podcasts. Yep. Um, so we still got YouTube. Uh, so you know where to check us out. Yep. And there's something that y'all hear on the podcast. Um, if you're listening on a different platform, doesn't allow comments, just go to our YouTube channel and comment. You know, yeah. let us know or, how you feel. or go to our Instagram, Devin the Bear. Yeah. Just check us out there. Um, we're always willing to hear everybody out and see what they want to say. Uh, so just let us know. We'll catch you all next time.